Welcome to this episode of the Women in Tech Spotlight. Today, I'm talking to Emma Rossell, who is the Chief Technology Officer at NetClean. NetClean is a Swedish company that builds software that detects and blocks child sexual abuse material on company IT devices. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of the coming live stories and conversations. So welcome, Emma. Thank you for having me today. So nice of you to invest your time to come on my podcast series. Let's start the conversation off with a little more details about yourself. Okay. Yes. As you said, my name is Emma Rossell and I'm a CTO at NetClean. I live in Gothenburg in Sweden and I lived here for around, I think, almost 20 years now. Originally, I'm from Umeå, which is quite high up in the north, north of Sweden. Mm -hmm. So I live with my husband and my two kids, two boys. And when I don't work, I enjoy going skiing with my family and also climbing and, uh, and a bit of gardening as well. Okay, thank you, Emma, for this glimpse into your personal life. So you are a chief technology officer, which is very impressive because, as we both know, most uh, chief technology officers in the field are men. So this is obviously already a very unique thing about you. Tell me a little bit about why you uh, love tech, how you became a CTO, um, and what, what is driving you when you work at NetClean? Good questions. So I think that I, I love tech because it's so much you're able to do. It's a really broad subject. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I especially love working in a product company. Because when you are in a product company, you have this, uh, I would say, common goal for the whole company. So I think you're always striving together towards the goal. And I, I enjoy that very much. Mm -hmm. And I also think that uh, when you are de developing products, it's a lot of teamwork because you have to have these uh, different uh, competences. And that is also something that motivates me a lot. I understand. So you love working and communicating with others to create something together. So at NetClean, you are creating software that detects uh, child sexual abuse on IT devices in enterprises, if I understand correctly. This is such an important societal topic. Is this also something that motivates you when you uh, you know, when you're working in the in a tech company, a social agenda is this part of what you do or what drives you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I joined NetClean about a year ago, so it's mm -hmm. it's almost one year now. And when I choose to join NetClean, that was definitely one of, of I think the important thing that made me choose this company. So mm -hmm. I think it, of course, it motivates me to do something good every day. Yeah, having a cause that you work for is something that a lot of younger people and also a lot of women are very uh, keen about. So for us, there's also, it's not just tech usually, there's also something else that drives us. And um, talking about um, your career a bit, uh, you said you came to NetClean about a year ago. Can you tell me what you did before that or what your journey was before you became a CTO? Yes, definitely. So before I joined NetClean, I was CTO at another product company. Mm -hmm. And we developed a digital process automation products. So that's kind of a different field. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is my second CTO role. And before that, I had other 
leadership roles within tech. So I've been a team lead, I've been a scrum master, and I've been a product manager. So I think that leadership within tech has been my, my thing for quite a lot of years now. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because um, women in tech and, and the gender gap that we have here is one of the topics that drives this, this podcast. And um, it's interesting to, to actually meet the woman who has been in leadership positions in tech for a long time. Um, the question that comes to my mind is, when you were young, did you always know that you wanted to go in tech? Was that something that you just like, you know, went for straightforward or how did it come to be? Yeah, I think I've been thinking a bit about this question because it's it's kind of hard to know what made you make the choices you, you make, if mm-hmm. you understand me. Um, but I think one important thing was that when I was really young, my best friend's dad, he worked from home mm-hmm. <laughs> even then. Uh, and he had one of those really early Apple computers at home. Um, and we were allowed to, to use that to play games sometimes. And, and I, know, I think... This is a long time ago. So back then, computers weren't that, that common. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were really afraid of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember when you, you were afraid to, if you put this, push this button, then, then the computer will explode like that. <laughs> Actually, there was the phrase in my mind that people were always afraid that it might just, you know, like spontaneously explode or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was really good for me as, small kid to just learn that a computer is not dangerous it's a really fun thing to work with so I think that was that was key for me to to learn that so what you're saying is that you had really early exposure to computers and do you think that having early exposure to tech is important when it comes to bringing women into the field yes definitely I think that I mean I've been thinking a bit about this because as I said in the beginning I have two boys Mm-hmm. And they are starting to do a little bit of programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the, <clears throat> where, in the situations where they, they can try that, there are very few girls mm-hmm. still. And I think that that is a problem because you, you need to learn when you're very young. Yeah, I, I do agree that it is super helpful if you have um, the opportunity to actually try stuff out at an early age. And um, not having these spaces where we can work on tech uh, or little girls can work on tech, it actually makes it harder for women to break into those fields. I read an article about Radia Perman. She is the inventor of the spanning tree protocol and other protocols in networking. And her, she's obviously a generation before us, but um, she describes how she went to her first computer class and she Mm -hmm. felt totally out of place because all the boys uh, that were in the class uh, all talked about stuff that they had already learned years ago. They had been taking Mm -hmm. things and they knew all these scary words like input and she felt completely out of place. This is a woman who, um, I mean, she holds a hundred patterns in network protocols now and she had the same experience since she didn't get to play with computers when she was young. So I think you make a good point when you say that it would be important to have spaces for young girls to also have the opportunity to program. So from that moment when you uh, came in contact with that Apple computer, what was your journey, educational journey after that? What did you do? Yeah. So, so later on, I think when I was um, deciding what to study in, in university, 
-hmm. I didn't know that I wanted to study something within technology, mm -hmm. but I also wanted some other perspective. So what I did is that I choose informatics, mm -hmm. which is, of course, a technology education, but you also learn a lot about how technology affects the society, organizations and people. So I think that was a, a really good match for me. Okay, so you went to university and you studied on informatics and um, tell me a little bit about what it was like at the university, whether the gender balance interested <clears throat> of course, were there a lot of women besides you? Yeah, actually that was quite good when I studied. So I think it was about 30% women in my class. Okay. So I think I always, I always had female friends to, to study with and that was uh, very good, I think. That is unusual, actually, because most women I talk to, they tell me there were like two, three women in the class. And the rest were men. So this is a good thing. So I, I really like that you say there were other women. And you said um, it was good then. Did that change uh, later when you came into the workforce or why did you use this? <laughs> yeah, I think it changed both in university because I studied, it was like on the top of the IT bubble back mm -hmm. in. 2000 and I think that when I started studying it was really easy to get a job within IT because it was so <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of things going on back then uh, but then the bubble burst and you couldn't get a job and you couldn't get, get a job at all and then I think many women left maybe because women aren't uh, taking that much risk as men do maybe yeah you personally, you stayed. Did you not experience it like that? Did you were you a more a risk taker, or was it just that you had a opportunity or a really good job at that time? Yes, yeah, stayed. But when I was about to graduate, it as I said was was really hard to get a job. So actually, I started studying business administration as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to have a, a more broad background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I was going to start working, I, I started as an application support person. Oh. So with, with an IT, but maybe a little easier job. Mm -hmm. Oh, but then uh, your career is actually really steep from an application person to a yeah. technology officer, because as a chief technology officer, one of your jobs is or, or your job is around, you know, um, creating a plan and the structure uh, uh, where the product will go, right? So this yes. <laughs> is a very steep uh, career ladder that you have taken. Um, was that e was it easy for you to get into leadership as a woman in tech? Yeah, I think it's actually was kind of easy, but but as I said, I mean, I made this in steps. So from that application support role, then I actually was a business intelligence developer mm -hmm. a few years. And after that, um, I was a consultant and a product manager. So I started off as a product manager and then I came into other leadership roles from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, product management is quite common for women. So it's- an... yeah, That's true, that's true. So um, tell me a little bit about, um, because you have to have this career, you took your steps and it sounds easy. And I hope <laughs> it was, but I will ask you, were there any obstacles that you faced? Any things that you found difficult? Yes, of course. I think everyone has, has the obstacles. And I mean, it hasn't been 
it hasn't hasn't been easy all the time and of course i also tried jobs that hasn't worked at all mm -hmm. so <laughs> i guess that's it, it like it's like that for for everyone uh, i also think it, it has been a bit of struggle and my kids were smaller because uh, uh, you know juggling career and small kids it is uh, yeah it's heavy stuff yeah okay that's a good, that's a good point you made there around kids and, and juggling the career i always felt or in the recent years i felt that tech was a good place for women to be because there was always a lot of flexibility on how you structured your day there was always a lot of remote working hybrid working and um do you think this has changed so uh, in the last 15 years and tech has become a place that is more accommodating to women with children or was that always the case that there was this certain amount of flexibility? I think it's it's definitely easier nowadays. And if I look at the situation in Sweden, mm -hmm. I, I think that men also tend to spend a lot more time with their kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I look at my employees, they are uh, taking quite a lot of parental leave, for example. So I think that is a big change that you can see during the last 10 years. Yeah, and when when men go on parental leave, it's also easier for women to go on parental leave. Of course, it's true. When it becomes more common for men, mm -hmm. then nobody bats an eyelid when women do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about a little bit more about NetClean because I'm really interested in what you do. Can you tell me a little bit more about um, you know the motivation and the product and what you do with that? Yes, and as you said in the beginning, so what we do in Clean is that we are developing software that detects and blocks child sexual abuse material in company IT environments. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, these are kind of horrific numbers, but if, if you look at the statistics, you can see that one in 500 individuals look mm -hmm. at this kind of material on their company IT devices. Yeah, you told me this when we prepared for the interview, and I'm still shocked. I've been telling this number to so many people because I can't really believe it. Um, so this is this is. Uh, I mean, if you use this software on enterprise um, uh, infrastructure, that's obviously not really a legal problem. But I think this is a societal societal discussion that we have to have. You know, how do we tackle? the spread of child abuse material through digital means, because this obviously the internet is one of the distribution sources. So um, I think your software um, is a contribution to make the digital world safer for children and other um, groups. What I'm wondering is how, how does this work? Is this, how, how do, yeah, tell me how this works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, so what we do is that uh, we're using a hashed based technology for this, which means that we are only detecting images that is classified as child sexual abuse material mm -hmm. of uh, law enforcement agencies. Mm -hmm. so that means that we can find images that we know for certain that it is this kind of material. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of important because you do not want to have false positives when yeah. you are working with this kind of, kind of material. Okay, that makes sense. So um, you work closely with law enforcement agencies, is that correct? Yes, they are sources for, for the hashes, so definitely. So I'm wondering, and this is maybe something that 
I'm, that I'm saying because of my implicit bias is, is this company founded by women or run by women? And no, the founders are, are actually men. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> it's founded by men, but our CEO is a woman as well. And now we are three women in our management team and two men. That is also a very unique uh, situation, I would say, that three C-level um, roles are filled with women. Have you ever encountered that before in, in your... No. No, never. <laughs> so then is it somehow different working in a company that has more women in leadership or in top-level leadership? Do you feel that there is um, a, different in, a difference in the atmosphere or in the way that, that you work? Oh, that's a hard question. I think that Netclean has to really... I really like the culture. It's a helpful culture and it's a, a culture that I think mm -hmm. is, uh, what, what would you say, emphasizing teamwork. Uh -huh. But I also think it's, it's quite a, a strong culture where you need to, I mean, it, it's important to, to succeed and drive is also really important for the culture. So it's, it's not only the soft skills yeah, are important. So yeah, it's not only yeah. just soft skills, and you have to be really good as well and driven. So yeah, definitely. It's a good combination. And I think that is what female leaders are good at, you know, combining. Yeah, and I think that if you talk about more of the hard skills, mm -hmm. it's probably even more important for women because you have needed to show that you have the hard skills. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the positions you have. Yeah, yeah, very true. And this was actually the next thing I was <laughs> to ask you, which of your skills or characteristics do you think help you become successful? So what, what would you emphasize in terms of your personality and skills um, that made you successful in tech? Yeah, I think that, I think that leadership wise, uh, what my employees used to say is that I'm quite clear in my leadership. It's easy to know what I want mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of important to to be be really clear yeah okay that that's a good point um uh, and that's also something that ties into uh another thing I recently read I'm doing this online course on diversity in tech and there was um there are studies that show that when men give women feedback they tend to be more vague than when they give men feedback. So the men mm -hmm. know immediately what they're supposed to change while the women are left with wondering what exactly it is that uh, is wanted of them. So I think the point of being really straightforward and everyone knowing what you want from them is really helpful. So I do understand why your um, teams would have appreciated that. And then in terms of other skills, um, what is most important on your day-to-day -day basis? Is it your, I don't know, your, the way you communicate, the way you work in the team with your people? What, what skills uh, do you think you use the most? <laughs> yeah, that's also a good question. And I think being a CTO at, at NetPin, which is kind of still a small company, we are around 30 people. So I do a lot of different things on a day-to-day -day basis. So it could be everything from having a customer meeting where I present the roadmap and talk about where are we going with our products. And then, of course, I need to be communicate a lot. Mm -hmm. But I also spend a lot of time with my teams having one-to-ones and talking about problem solving. 
So of course, communication is important in that case as well. Um, communication skills as well, obviously, and being able to talk to the customers, yeah. Yeah, but also, of course, strategy and uh, that kind of skill, because uh, I work with the product strategy and the product vision, mm -hmm. and also, of course, with the company strategy together with the rest of the management team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um discussion about what makes you successful in a job. And this leads me to the usual question I ask at the end of the interview. Um, and that is, what would you recommend young women do? Or what would you like to tell them to focus on when they choose or are interested in a career in tech? Is there something you want to, to let them know about this journey? <laughs> yeah, I, I think one important thing uh, is to, when you get an opportunity, say yes. <laughs> um, I think that I always try to do that. And uh, when you do that, of course, you sometimes put yourself in situations that are kind of scary, but that's also the way you learn new things. Mm -hmm. And even if it doesn't go well all the time, you will still learn from it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's especially important for women because you, maybe you don't get that many chances so when you get them say yes say yes i love that and i would also like to emphasize that because i feel that when you say yes to something that's slightly scary that is when you learn the most right i mean you that's when you leave your comfort zone and you have to learn new skills and and you know try new things and that will make you um grow and be more successful in the future so thank you for that tip i love that and i will be using this um sentence of yours in in probably in one of the small sound bites that I like to post to remind women what to focus <laughs> on. So, uh, thank you so much, Emma, for joining the interview and talking about what you do. Is there anything else you would like to talk about on the podcast or share with our listeners before we end? No, I think I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for uh, giving me your time. It was great talking to you. And... Um, Goodbye. Bye-bye.